You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to go through something. I got a I got an email in response to my last, uh, one of the, the last podcasts that I did on, um, uh, on, on trying not to get too big. So, you know, there was a concern. People are trying to, you know, I don't want to get too big. I'm worried about this. So this is a follow-up about it. And um, she kind of puts me on the spot, I'm not going to lie, and made me feel bad for a moment. I had to go back and listen to the podcast, and I felt a little vindicated. Um, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, hello, I just wanted to say, as I work through my NASM CPT certification, I've also really enjoyed your podcast. I am wondering if there's a practical way to answer the last question about women not wanting to get too big, in quotes. Uh, In your answer, it's clear how difficult it is to build muscle, but it also seems you are laughing off the idea that anyone is building muscle too big for their particular aesthetic wishes. And I've seen this happen with friends like overbuilding upper traps or getting too much ab definition when the rest of her is pear-shaped and she feels out of balance aesthetically. It would be helpful to explain how to take a different training approach towards those areas and ensure that they are strong, toned, and balanced without emphasizing hypertrophy. If the answer is as simple as limit volume and intensity in that area, it'd be good to know that. Um, but are there also some coaching points, behavioral wa- uh, watchouts, or programming strategies to let people know? Meg, first of all, I greatly appreciate the feedback and a bit of pushback on on laughing it off. Um, so first, I want to answer the question that you ask uh, because I do believe you're right. It, is it possible that people can get too big? Sure. Sure, but I'm going to address the laughing it off first because the examples I gave, like my new client that grew her thighs so much after the first session and therefore suggested we not do lunges again for fear of getting any bigger, is laughable. However, I also suggested gentle ways of addressing this with clients, and this is not directed at you, Meg. I'm not I'm not playing defensive with you. I'm trying to for people who haven't listened to the last podcast to let them know. Uh, to listen to that episode, go back and listen to it. But but let me respond to it. Um, I th- I think I talked about gentle ways of addressing this with clients, and not necessarily. You can say, "Hey, that's not happening," and they're like, "No, I feel it. I feel it. Uh, I know they're getting bigger." And uh, you know, I, my concern was that we keep arguing about you know using logic to argue about the way that they feel, and it can be hard to put logic on emotion. So we work with them, not against them. We don't keep saying, hey, that's not true, that's not wrong. Uh, sorry, that's wrong, I'm right. Um, a new client who has a fear of getting too big is not a concern for the trainer because it takes a lot of training to, to get too big for the majority of people. There are some people out there, uh, I guess depending on who you are, it, it could be an absolute blessing that you start working out and you go through a rapid phase of hypertrophy and some people, and that is actually the best time to build muscle within kind of after the first four to six weeks, 
of training, you're probably not going to build too much muscle. But after that, that's your best time to gain muscle. Because in the beginning, you're just trying to get your muscles used to doing things. They're not going to grow a lot. They're going to go through some, some neurological adaptations first before the cellular adaptations really start kicking in. But then the cellular, the muscle cell adaptations will start to kick in and they will start to grow. People are going to start to grow and growing early is going to be the fastest time that you are going to grow. You're going to see the best responses. Uh, although they may not be visible, uh, especially in the beginning, like you are growing more, you're starting to fill out a little bit more of the muscles, uh, starting to firm up all of that. The firming of muscles is the increase in muscle size as well. So let's, let's get into this. New muscles, can you lose size with uh, training? And, and I think, yeah, you, you can, but it's very challenging if I am training and I've built up muscles and I'm like, hey, I just don't like the aesthetic of this. I don't like how it looks or how it feels on me. Um, not everybody is going to be like a bodybuilder who says, man, the, my, my traps are really big. Let me work on my shoulders and my pecs more to match it. Right. That, that's probably not who we're dealing with. We're not saying, hey, let's build up around the already large muscle to create symmetry that way. We're saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a, a strapless shirt, spaghetti strap shirt, and my traps are really popping out. They look big. I don't feel the best in, uh, in wearing these shirts anymore because I feel like I've just put on too much muscle. And that's real. That is real. So, Meg, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this up um, and, and giving me perspective to talk about this. So I appreciate that. For those of you listening, same thing. As you hear podcasts, be sure to reach out to me and chat to me. So first of all, let's talk about nutrition. First of all, accretion of lean mass depends on meeting daily dietary protein needs. That's a direct quote from Brad Schoenfeld's book, uh, The Science and Development of Muscle Hypertrophy. Well, we do still need to, to feed growth. Right. So if I am growing, I'm growing in places I don't really want. One of the things that you can do is you can minimize calories and minimize protein in particular as a micronutrient to help limit that. Right. Here's the thing. You can lose any type of soft tissue weight with a decrease in calories. The problem, the problem is that you don't get to decide where it comes off of and how much of it's going to come off. You can say, I, I, I think my thighs are too big. You start to cut your protein intake and even your caloric intake. And now you have a little bit more coming off of your neck. And that may not be where you wanted to come off of. You have a little more weight in certain areas of your body. We don't get to decide where the weight goes on. We don't get to decide where that weight comes off. So that can be a little bit tricky. Jasperson et al. in 2011 says muscle size can decrease about 11% after 10 days without exercise. This is not whether or not you're bedridden. This is just stopping exercise. If you stop exercise after about 10 days, you have 11% decrease uh, in muscle size. All right. First of all, 
for many of us working in fitness, that is incredibly disheartening. You know how long it took for that 11% to get on there? And all I had to do was stop working out for 10 days. I'm looking at a, a percentage point a day of, of muscle mass decrease. Is that what I'm looking at? Well, I don't think that's really how it works because in day one, you're not going to lose the muscle mass. In fact, in day one, a lot of times we are still adding on muscle mass because we are going through that anabolic state, that super compensation state where I'm building back up from the catabolic state that the workout put me into. So that's why we want to hit at the peak of that anabolic state if we want to grow in this super compensation, the idea of super compensation. So um, there, there is, a, is a concern. So I want to work out every couple of days a body part because that's usually where I'm peaking in super compensation as I become more anabolic and I start to build. But losing 11% in 10 days can... Uh, that's disheartening unless you're one of those people who are like, man, will it work on my traps, right? Will it work on the muscles that I am trying not to focus on? And the answer is maybe, because I got to be honest, Meg, this is not, we don't have the best information, at least at my fingertips that I could look up in the short period of time that goes through detraining that it doesn't have something to do with an injury, so there are a few studies here, like the Jasperson study. Um, and then we also have uh, Vigilesco et al. He says it could, so you're wanting to, you lose that weight. And this is after being fully immobilized, this is being bedridden, that it can take three times the amount of time you were inactive to regain the muscle mass that you've lost if you were fully immobilized. But we're not talking about fully immobilizing. We're talking about kind of not focusing on a certain body part to not continue to support the hypertrophy and maybe even get a little atrophy in that body part. All right. So one of the things that we know, some things that we know to gain muscle, I need to work out and I have to up my calories. And in particular, I need to up my protein intake. So let's look at what this might look like for somebody who, as we address the specific question Meg had about somebody who has traps, right? The, the traps are bigger than the shoulders. They're bigger. They just don't fit right on the body. So they're muscular traps um, and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit right. It's not what you want out of, out of your workout and out of your body. Um, I would say, yeah, to, to answer one of your questions, do I need to decrease volume? Yes. And that can be tricky because it is hard to lift weights a lot of times when you're not holding weights. And by holding weights, you're simply, by the fact that you're holding them, are working your traps. So that can be a little bit tricky. So what would I suggest? Well, maybe not dumbbell squats and dumbbell lunges. I might give you a little more focus on barbell. I would stay away from overhead stuff because let's talk about the upper traps. What do the upper traps do? The upper traps elevate the scapula, so we, a shrug position, they retract and they upward rotate. So if you want to work your back, maybe for a little bit, you want to stay away from doing shoulder presses. You want to stay away from uh, rows because rows are going to work your traps. You definitely don't want to be shrugging, but even holding the weights. Here's the thing. It's difficult. And, and I understand the difficulty going into it. There are some bodybuilders that 
uh, I was going to say may have more insight into this, but the problem is that they, one of their concerns is that they like to build up around larger muscles. They don't really focus a lot on cutting down some of the overdeveloped muscles. Can you do that? And is that on the table? It's possible. It's possible. I'm going to acknowledge it. That it's hard. That's hard. So you do have to decrease the intensity. You have to decrease the volume and you have to decrease anything that would focus in that particular area. Um, and then if you really are looking to, to decrease, then you may want to also decrease some total calorie consumption and decrease the amount of protein intake. If they are on a protein intake that is pushing them towards a hypertrophic state, uh, and be aware of that. Now, what about the pear shaped body uh, that, that you can't change. We, we know that the, the body, the shape of the body is the shape of the body. Uh, I can't shape the, my triceps differently. I can't shape my biceps differently. Some people have, for instance, their calves, they have a very long tendon and a very short calf belly. And so when they look at it and they're trying to bodybuild, that's a very difficult bodybuilding calf with a long tendon and a short calf body to actually build. All right. Uh, people who have that, that peak, a really super nice peak on their bicep, it's usually because they have a longer tendon. If they have a longer belly of the bicep, it may look more full, but it doesn't get the peak when they, when they go into their, their flexion and they're, they're trying to, to show off their muscles. So can I make changes if I am getting too big? I can, um, but that is challenging. You, you do have to minimize some of the volume. You got to lay off of that particular area. You work on the muscles around. And then if you're looking at somebody who's a pear-shaped body and they're wanting to decrease, maybe, uh, I think the question based on the pear shape of the body is they want to decrease a little bit of the fat in the lower hemisphere but also not continue to increase the size or even decrease some of the size in the, the traps, you can do that. And one of the ways to do that is uh, as you start to minimize the amount of trap work that is being done, but also we find that high intensity interval training does have a means of doing a little bit more spot reduction around the abdominal area and around the thighs uh, where, where fat can be held more. And so that may be beneficial for people with these body shapes that we are increasing caloric expenditure. We're pushing high intensity and we're trying to minimize the amount of time, uh, that is spent on the muscles. We want to, um, limit their hypertrophy or even decrease their hypertrophy. Is it possible, Meg? Yeah, it's possible. Is it hard? That's a challenge. This is a, a very challenging situation. So it might be one of the reasons why people say, I don't want to get too big because if I do, is there no going back? And, uh, you can lose a lot of muscle mass by not working out, but you don't want to lose the health benefits of working out. So we can continue to do some work at higher intensities, increased heart rate, uh, and decreasing the amount of um, protein or in particular the leucine that we have so that we're not pushing into greater amounts of protein synthesis, then we can end up losing weight. Now our body does prefer fat loss over muscle loss. So if we do limit calories, it's generally going to come from body fat before it comes from muscle, but we don't get to decide where that comes from either. So um, 
it's challenging. You bring up a great question and you called me out on it. And I want to say, thanks. I do. I, I appreciate it. And taking the, the, the lightheartedness out of it and the humor with, you're just not going to get too big. Um, you can, you can, you really, you really can. These are our concerns. Uh, and then my point is, and if you see it coming, you need to start addressing it. But when, when you're new to training, that's usually who's saying, I don't want to get too big. They're usually the ones, uh, and all the examples I gave are the ones that were just starting out training. People have been training for a while. You may grow in the, the muscles that, that you grow without any intention to do so. And sometimes that's just how our bodies work. The individual bodies work in different ways. Uh, I know my, my older brother, like my, my pecs are pretty big, but he doesn't have big pecs, but his shoulders and traps look awesome. And I don't have big shoulders and traps, but, but I got the pecs. Where does that come from? And it doesn't matter how much he tries to focus on pecs. He's not gaining his pecs, but everything else around it looks pretty awesome. Uh, how do we deal with that? That's, that's kind of a, a bodybuilding um, question. And, and I think your question is, I'm, I'm not looking at bodybuilding. I'm looking at decomposition, detraining, so that I'm, I'm getting rid of some of the muscle while gaining muscle and losing fat in other places. Um, focus on the fat loss and focus on high intensity interval training and try to stay away from using those muscles as much as possible. Uh, if you are interested in bodybuilding, since this kind of came up peripherally several times, we do have the physique and bodybuilding course that NASM offers. If you want to become an NASM personal trainer or any of the other education NASM has, check out the website at nasm.org. For the podcast, like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you want to reach out to me like Meg did, thank you, Meg. Uh, you can do so. Hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Thanks for listening. My name is Rick Ritchie, and this has been the NASM CPT Podcast. <laughs>